So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. And I'm Erica. Welcome to So We Met Online. Thanks for listening. So We Met Online is produced every Sunday, and show notes are found at SoWeMetOnline.com. So, they met online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a client story. I've been working with a lot of clients over Zoom recently, as you know, because Zoom is the way to be these days. That Zoom, sounded Zoom. way less cool than it did in my head. <laughs> so, I have a newish client, younger guy in California. Uh, he and I have been working on Hinge together. So, he's on Hinge. He had never been on there before. So, together we wrote his profile and Whenever we have our calls, I basically walk him through and we write to a certain number of women. And then he reports back to me on who replied, who didn't, and if he needs any help with additional messages. Because my thing is, and I've said this a million times, I don't care how many matches you get. I just want the matches you do have to turn into dates. I want them to come to fruition or phone calls or whatever it is for you these days. I care about the conversion. So not the number, but the conversion. I'd rather you get two matches and two dates than 20 matches and zero dates. Anyway, so Thursday night, he texted me and he said, Welp, got ghosted again. Mm -hmm. Twice in two or three weeks now. I don't know. Time has no meaning anymore, which I guess is a coronavirus comment. (laughs) But it sucks. It sucks a lot. And I replied the next morning, what do you mean? She didn't show up for the call. So he had told me that he had planned a video call using the Hinge app video function. And we've talked about this before. So it's extremely convenient to have the video option in almost all of the dating apps now have adapted and have put that into their apps. But the one downside is if you haven't exchanged any personal information, your only point of contact is in the dating app. Okay, so keep that in mind. So I asked, what do you mean she didn't show up? He wrote, yeah, so it was the weirdest thing. So we had set the call for 8 p.m. She messages me on Hinge at about 7, was like, hey, sorry, work has been running long today. I might have to rain check. I didn't know rain check was a verb now. I might have to rain check. That sounds like corporate jargon. Like, let's... (laughs) Let's run it up the flagpole, Fred. Okay, anyway, I might have to rain check. Can we reschedule maybe for next week? And he continues. So I'm about to respond. And then she messages me again and said, unless you're available at some time before 8 p.m., which to me makes no sense if she's trying to reschedule, whatever. And then he says, at this point, I'm still getting ready. And let's talk about getting ready because I told him to treat it as if it's a first date. You still wear a nice shirt. Put on cologne if you have to. Whatever gets you in that place. I told him you better clean up your apartment. Make sure the background is not, you know, all that stuff. So he's getting ready. Yeah. Well, anyway, he writes. And at this point, I'm still getting ready. But I'm thinking like, yeah, I can probably do 730. So I message her that. That I understand about work. No worries. I can probably do 730. But yes, if that doesn't work, we can reschedule for next week. So I finished getting ready a few minutes later, and I checked to see if she's responded, and poof, she's no longer in my matches. So for anyone who doesn't understand what that means, it means she has unmatched him. And when you unmatch somebody on a dating app, you essentially remove all communication from them, and 
you cannot be heard from again unless someone has your personal information. You are gone from the history on the app. Okay. So I wrote, that is beyond awful behavior. I'm sorry. All she had to do was cancel. Has nothing to do with you, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. He said, thanks. And yeah, really all she had to do was cancel. I would have understood. Yeah, I'm just kind of in shock that it happened again so quickly, not feeling great about it today. And I wrote, I understand. She should be the one not feeling great for what it's worth. And that was it. But, you know, we often talk about why you shouldn't ghost. And we come at it from the dater's perspective, the person who might ghost. But I thought this was worth sharing because it shows how it makes the other person feel. And it made him feel badly about himself, even though he did nothing even remotely wrong. And I just wanted to show the impact it has on a person, on a person's self-esteem, especially if they're not inclined to have a high self-esteem anyway, or maybe they're just getting back into the dating game or just getting into the dating game. This is not how you treat somebody because it's a real person who has real feelings, who's now feeling low or down on himself for no reason. You know, we can talk and we've talked before about the definition of ghosting and and whether or not this is really considered ghosting or not. I mean, no, I think he's getting stood up. Yeah. What is ghosting? Is it we've talked about this a million times. Is it after you've communicated online? Is it after one date? Is it after a year? Right. I think your description is more accurate. It's just being stood up. But I think your point about the feelings are still legitimate. How does that make that other person feel? And he does. He, you know, he went through the effort of getting ready. Maybe on some level he's he's a little excited. He's anticipating, you know, seeing her, chatting, you know, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And I've been there. I've I've been in a situation right where I'm chatting with somebody and some friendly banter going back and forth and things are looking good. And then all of a sudden you log in the next day and they're gone. They they've just mm-hmm. disappeared. You're like, well, okay, I again, I read that wrong. But the other side of this is that we don't know any number of factors, right? And I, I can assume, based on what I'm hearing, I can assume that she probably had other options, especially Correct. if she's like, oh, I can't meet at eight, but I can meet a little <laughs> earlier, but I'm busy with work all day and I can't be available. To, you know, that tells me that you probably have somebody else lined up at eight or some other option at eight. And, yep. and it doesn't even necessarily need to be a date or a guy. You just have something that you're more interested in at eight o'clock and you're trying to squeeze him in. And the reality is you weren't feeling it. You weren't feeling it from the beginning and you've started to push back. And then at the end, you're like, you know what? I'm, it's easier for no conflict just to disappear and call it a day. And he'll get the point. And that's not the way we should be doing this. We should, as we've talked about over and over and over, just communicate, just say something. And I've had women before say, this is just not going to work out. I don't feel like this is a good match. Thank you for your time, whatever. And I feel so much more comfortable and better and, you know, and understanding. And I'm like, great, moving on. But it's when you get that unknown, like, well, what did I say? (laughs) Yeah. And I felt badly for him because this is the first time he's really made the effort to fully do online dating. I think like a lot of people, he's downloaded the apps before he's sort of done it halfway, you know, half heartedly, but 
given the fact that he's hired a dating coach, you know he's invested in the process. He really wants to do this right. And the fact that he's now had this happen two or three times, and this doesn't make it okay, but I do think he's in his 30s. I do think it's a function of age. I don't want to say younger people are flakier, but younger people are more used to technology and I think use it more liberally, if that makes any sense. I think they use it more liberally. And, but I also think that there's a certain level of, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say immaturity, but there is a certain yeah. level of expectation or this is no big thing. It's commonplace. Like that's Correct. the problem in, in this whole scenario is that the disconnection and unwillingness to communicate has become the norm. And people just deal with it because they're like, well, this is how I break up now. I just click disconnect. Yeah, it's not okay. I have a sort of question on a tangent. What would you do if you're on a video date that actually, you know, does show up and you talk and you know you're not feeling it, but at the end of a date, the person says to you, this was great. I would love to do it again. What do you think? And this happens all the time. Someone asks you out at the end of a date and you know you don't want to agree. This has nothing to do with ghosting. I'm just asking. Do you say, yeah, feel free to get in touch or sure or, "Mm, you know, I I don't think so. What do you do in the moment? Just curious. Yeah, you know what? We had this conversation before and it's one of these things where, again, there's a lot of habitual responses that we have. Like, for instance, somebody says... It's great to see you and chat later. And it's like, yep, see you again later. You know, and it's like, wait, I didn't mean that. It just slipped out. This is not, <laughs> this I don't Chandler, really you're mean. You're Chandler Bing. Yeah. That was the whole thing on Friends. Like, you know. oh, this is great. Let's do it again. Or somebody says, have an enjoyable weekend. And the person is at work and you're like, yeah, you too. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're working. You know, you know, <laughs> we have these instinctual things that we say. And I think a, a lot of times, especially on dates, when we're ending the date and it's like, I had fun. Yeah, I had fun too. And okay, see you later. Yep, see you later. And it's like, I don't really, I'm not going to see you later. I, I already know well, I'm not, but I say it. That's the thing. And so, okay, let's talk. So this happened to me. <laughs> you know, I, I use the tools that are available to me when I am single, obviously. It would be silly not to. And I had a, a video date at some point during this this quarantine and I was not feeling it at all. The person was lovely, very nice, but you just know when you're not connecting to someone. We just had not much to talk about, and this person was too formal for me. And I know that might sound strange, but I love to joke. I love to laugh, and I don't I don't think I saw one smile. So after about 40 or 45 minutes, I said, I need to walk my dog. I'm going to have to go. I knew it wasn't a match. You know, it's fine. Just different personalities. Just you know, not the personality for me. So he was like, this was great. I would love to do it again. Let's do it again. What do you think? (laughs) And you're staring at a person because that's all, there is no distraction. You're just staring at that person in front of you on a video. I didn't want to say, no, this isn't a match and burst his bubble in the moment. But on the other hand, I certainly didn't want to commit to talking again because I knew he was not for me. So I said, let me get back to you on that. Yeah. Okay. And that can be interpreted however you want. And then I did get back to him and I wrote, 
Thank you again for a lovely chat the other evening. I don't see us being a match, but I thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you. I wish you nothing but the best. And he replied, thank you. I wish you the same. And that's a mature way to do it. I probably would have done it the same way. Believe it or not, I've not done this video chatting thing yet. You know, I'm not with the times. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think there is a certain comfort level. I know plenty of people who probably would say right then and there, you know, thank you, but I'm, I'm not feeling it. But I, I don't do know think, many people who would do that. I think people are afraid to reject someone to their face. No, you're right. They are. Again, it's a certain type of personality that's going to be able to sit there and say, thank, I appreciate it, but you know, I'm not feeling it. No different than if you were in person. Of course, and I've had yeah. plenty of times where I've been in person on a date and we've talked and we've said, you know, I, I just, I'm not feeling it. Or you have the silent goodbye, like, yep, right. thanks, bye. <laughs> Uh, making sure I'm not saying see you later because I know that I'm not going to see you later. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that is in person or on a video chat, I do think it's going to depend upon the person and how comfortable you are. But I agree. There's a lot of people who would just avoid it, send an email right. because an email is less or well, a message is less confrontational. No, I think a lot of people would avoid it. And after a call, just unmatch that person. Yeah, and yeah. I can't preach loudly enough not to do that, address it. So I was thinking about it and I don't know when the other person reads the message on Bumble. So after I sent my, thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Best of luck. I left that message there for a while because I wanted to give him the opportunity to reply to it because on any of the apps you could write a message and then unmatch. But if you unmatch before the person has read the message, they'll never read the message. So you do as weird as it sounds, you have to let it lie for a minute. Let it simmer. Now I'm picturing like making eggs. Let, <laughs> let it simmer in the pan or something. Yeah, I, I do, do I, think that's... Do eggs simmer? <laughs> <laughs> I do think that that's a feature on the dating apps that they should actually fix where that your message doesn't get deleted after you've unmatched somebody to still give them the opportunity to read it. You know, you can disconnect, but that message should still be able to stay there. But I totally agree, and I've done that too, where you try to wait a couple of days and you figure, okay, I think they've read it by now or they've responded Mm -hmm. to it, and then you can Mm -hmm. do the unmatching. But I've had plenty of times where somebody has sent me a message and I go to read it and I'm unmatched, and I'm like, well, what did the message say? I know. So that's my recommendation. Give someone a chance, but always address it. It's okay. Like you said, it's commonplace. If you're not feeling it, it's not like this guy's going to be heartbroken. We talked for 40 minutes. And at a certain point, like, who do you think you are that you're that special that you're going to break someone's heart after 40 minutes? Like, yeah. let's, let's take it down a notch. Well, going back to the idea of how these activities or these actions actually impact the receiver, it reminds me of a story that you shared a while ago and How about after the break, we reflect on one of your famous stories about ghosting? Sounds good. Did you know So We Met Online is about to reach our 100th episode? Erica and I have had a blast sharing our incredible stories of dating woes and blissful love with all of you over the last few years. Sadly, this will be our last few episodes. But believe me, you don't want to miss them. Join us on our Countdown to 100 
as we relive some of the most mind-blowing dates, and of course, we save the biggest story for last. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and thank you all for listening to So We Met Online. So Chris, I can't say this is an oldie but goodie because it's not a good story. It's an oldie, like uh, of the Motown variety. No, I don't know. Um, do, 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 well, do, staying alive. Yeah. Staying alive. <laughs> no, that's seventies. Oh, that's not 70s, Motown. Not Motown. <laughs> I'm thinking like A B C. Is that Motown? I was One, thinking like two, breaking up is hard to do. Oh. You know that breaking up is hard to do. Okay. Now I know, I know that it's true. Okay, okay. I'm done now. Okay. Don't say, okay. All right. That one was for my mom because we love Neil Sedaka. Anyway, let's roll the tape. Let's play it. So we met online. I was online on Tinder. And I know what you're, you're thinking. I can see your eyeballs. And they're saying, isn't Tinder just a hookup site? Isn't Tinder just a hookup site? See, exactly. That's exactly what I... No, it's a site for whatever the heck you want it to be for. It's for friends, hookups, relationships, marriage. It really doesn't matter. It has become a more legitimate service. Well, it's just that you dictate what you want out of any site. Anyway, so I met someone on Tinder, Josh. He lived in Baltimore and I live in D.C. That's not that far. It's about an hour, but he had two young kids, and it was snowing a lot when we met. So our first date kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And finally, a few months later, may have been even like five months later, we met. We got along well. I think we both knew it wasn't a love connection. Um, We did go out a few more times just to, you never know, just to see. About how long? Over the span of how long. We probably went out three times in the course of a month and a half, so maybe every other week. So we decided after that... Again, not a love connection, but we liked each other's company enough to continue at least a friendship, but it seemed like more than a friendship. I mean, I don't make time to go to Baltimore and vice versa once a month, but sometimes twice a month for someone I'm just friends with. It was it was like friendship plus, right. and I wouldn't say it's not friends with benefits, like not right. that kind of relationship. It was right. like a nice Friend, a good friend, good a friend little bit more. Who but... we, you know, we sometimes made out and stuff. But uh, <laughs> we really enjoyed each other's company. This went on for over a year, about a year and two months. And I do some performing comedic storytelling on stage because... Yeah, of I, course, you. I think I'm hilarious. I don't know. I don't know what you think. but <laughs> So um, I was performing in the show on a Saturday night. Normally he would come to see me, but he couldn't that weekend. But I didn't really care that much because he had seen me perform before. He had even invited his sister-in-law once to see me perform. So I knew he cared. I did the performance. It went well. That Sunday I texted him and said, this, you know, went great. I'll call you this week. And we, we texted at least once a day. We always had some form of communication mm-hmm. every day yeah. um, and then called a lot too. So that Tuesday I gave him a call, so three days after the show, to tell him how it went. And I got his voicemail, so I left a voicemail. He texted me back immediately mm-hmm. and said, sorry, I'm in some meetings. I'll call you back later. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm, nothing weird yeah. about that. He didn't call back later, which I found odd. But again, like, cut some slack. Who knows? Right. So I call again the next day. Don't get an answer. I found that weird. I sent a text the next day. No text back, which 
was particularly odd because he preferred texting, and I always got a pretty immediate response. Right. Clear difference, day like, and night. Night and day. Right. And then got like this, some like, you know, Jewish mother guild or something in me. It's like, did he die? So I sent him a text saying, are you alive? And I got no response. Oh, and then wow. I actually worried. I mean, I was kind of joking, but not really. Sure. So then I emailed on Facebook his sister-in-law, who I had met oh, wow. at that time at the show. And I yeah. said, I'm not trying to be intrusive, but I haven't heard from Josh lately. I'm getting really concerned. Is he okay? Right. And she wrote back fairly immediately and said, oh, yeah, he's fine. He's just super busy. I'm sure he'll get back to you ASAP. <laughs> like, I am sorry. There is no super busy right. enough. My philosophy is if you have time to go to the bathroom, you have time to text somebody back. I don't care if you do it while you're on the toilet. Text me back. <laughs> exactly. Right? So I think I tried for another week or so. I was legitimately concerned at this point. Right. I think I let it go for a week after that. And I was really upset because if I did something... I want to know what it is. Sure. And I don't think anyone deserves this kind of non-finish finish. So I finally, and I remember the date. It was May 31st, 2015, because it was so significant to me. Mm-hmm. I sent him an email, a really nice one, that just said, I don't know if I did something to cause you to stop talking to me. If I did, please let me know. I want to know what it is. And... I hope all is well on your end. I hope you know that our time together, whatever it was, friendship or otherwise, meant a lot to me. I ended it very nicely and said, whatever you do or plan to do, I wish you all the best. Right. And he never replied. And I went through, I mean, it was not a relationship. I didn't have to mourn the relationship. But I think even a friendship, a deep friendship, whatever it is, if it means something to you and you don't get that closure... You do have to mourn that. But I couldn't even mourn it when I didn't know what happened. Right. And this is perhaps the worst ghosting story that I know of. To this day, I have no clue what happened. Over a year later, on my birthday, I got a text from him out of the blue. Oh, no. I was out for my birthday. I think I was in the bathroom when I got the text. It said, oh, uh, happy birthday. Give Scruffy your dog a belly rub for me. Oh, my God. I'm not one to shy away from saying exactly what I'm thinking, but particularly after a birthday drink or oh, two. Oh, sure. I wrote, I don't curse. <laughs> so, like, the meanest I could get was, are you out of your mind? <laughs> How dare you never contact me again? What you put yeah. me through? And I think he wrote back something like, I was embarrassed. And I wrote, I don't care. Never contact me again. Yeah. I know yeah. that's not, like, an upbeat story to start us with, yeah. but I want to show the impact that ghosting has. And I know a lot of people, and I think he probably thought, oh, well, I'm sparing her. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he met someone. I don't care if he hated me. I just wanted to know. Right. Because I can get anyone can get over something if they're told, now is the time to get over it. But if you're not told, you spend the first week, two weeks, month, Wondering where this person has gone. You know, listening to the story again, it still makes me upset. But I actually do have an addendum to the story, believe it or not. Oh, wow. What? What? I have to hear. This is nuts. I went to my friend's wedding maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I get there and I see... Baltimore Josh. Oh, no. Oh, yes. With his new wife. Oh, 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 no. Oh, yes. And look, 
I don't want to avoid people. I, you know, I'm not going to like tiptoe around him. He's the one who should be mortified. Right. And I knew he was too much of a coward to say anything to me. Thank goodness. I looked pretty good that day. So I was really proud of myself. I went up to him and I said, hello, Josh, just to clear the air, get this out of the way. I'm just coming to say hi. And he said, hi, how are you? How scruffy, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I am wonderful. And then I said, that is the extent to which I need to talk to you. Goodbye. And I walked away. Oh, I would have been so much better. I would have, I would have waited until they were together, him and his new wife. I would have walked up and I would have said, I just want to clear the air. Last month was incredible, but I'm over it. And, and thank you for the night of my life. Oh, God. No, he doesn't deserve that. Oh, no. my gosh. You would have just. Uh. Oh, no, no, no. So that was that. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was awkward for two minutes, but I was pretty darn proud of myself. Yeah. Because I knew he would never say a word to me. I mean, this guy is someone who couldn't even reply to a text after talking every day for over a year. He's certainly not man enough to come up to me and say, even it's nice to see you or I'm sorry or hello. Right. <laughs> so I had to be the bigger person. I loved what I did. Yeah. And this goes back to the story before the break. When we say, what's the difference between ghosting and being stood up? And so like with your client, he, he's never going to have the opportunity to go up and confront the, the person again, right? Wherein ghosting, we've heard of several stories where people have ghosted and then they reconnect at a later time, mostly because those relationships tend to be a little longer in length. But even then, most people, a lot of people out there, never, ever, ever get to see the person who's ghosted them. And they're always living in this perpetual what happened. And so right. for you, you had this chance ultimately for final closure, for a final confrontation to say, hi, good I'm to see you again. You. Oh, I forgot. So when I said, like, how are you? I don't actually care how he is. Right. And so he, like, pointed to his wife who was across the whatever. He goes, I'm living the dream. And I thought, screw you. (laughs) I would have gone up to his wife and said, hi, I'm Erica. And just like started like laying out all the details. Like I swore. Oh, it would have been great. I'm not not here to ruin people's lives. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I have every right to be at that wedding. So does he. But I I wanted to feel that way too. I didn't want to feel like I had to avoid someone because of their behavior. So I I got it out of the way and then I I had a ball. I think the theme again is that these actions are rude, are mean, are inconsiderate, are all these nasty things that we can say. But you really have to think about What if you were in their shoes? What if it happened to you? Or maybe in some cases it has happened to you and you're like, again, this is the norm. I'm allowed to do this because it happens to me so I can do it to other people. No. Which is wrong, right? That's wrong. 
Correct. Well, that's like when people try to rationalize lying on their profiles, like about age, for example. Well, you know, all my dates did it to me. No, that doesn't make it okay. What if what if they all, God forbid, you know, committed a crime? Are you going to now commit a crime because everyone? No. Yeah. And so you've gone through the wide range of emotions, you know, from the moment that it happened through the experiences of that relationship to what happened after the relationship to all of a sudden, you know, seeing him at a wedding and when he's married. So those feelings that you've shared are a great reflection on what everybody else out there in the world is probably feeling if you are ghosting them. So don't do it. Right. Don't do it. I do wish him well. I think deep down, he's not a bad person. But I think he had a lot of growing up to do and a lot of work to do on himself. And I just hope for the sake of his wife that if he's having an internal conflict, he can talk to her about it rather than just running away. Because it it did make me think, you know, he, he was divorced before. And it did make me wonder, you know, I never ask the details about that stuff because it's really not my business. But this experience made me wonder, is that what happened in his marriage? Did he just up and leave one day because he couldn't deal with talking about it? And I hope he's grown to the point where when a conflict does arise, you know, he can be a mature adult and talk about it because I want the best for everyone. And I agree. And on that note. <laughs> on that note, thanks for listening. Do what, do what.